On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, a banner year for Dogs Academy and the annual Tournament 12 in Toronto features a strong Alberta presence. Welcome to episode 56 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. What a year it's been for Dogs Academy in Okotoks, particularly the 18U Black Squad. They finished with a 60-12 and record, winning four tournament championships, including the perfect game 18U BCS National Championship in Florida. They finished the season with a third-place finish out of 112 teams at the pastime 18U National Woodbat Championships in Indianapolis. And recently, Perfect Game named the club the third-best 18U travel team in all of North America. With all that recognition, we thought it'd be a great time to catch up with Dogs Academy GM Tyler Hollick about the year that's been and what's to come. Tyler, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Quite the year in Dogs Academy land and kind of capped off almost with perfect game ranking, you guys third in North America. What does it mean to you and the program to get that kind of accolades, not just in Canada, but across North America like that? I mean, it was really cool. I think it's a big accomplishment for the program and kind of shows a lot of the blood, sweat and tears that have been put into it. And, uh, you know what the, the current group is able to muster and, and kind of paves the way for for the next generation coming through and it was uh you know it, it's a cool thing to be recognized at that level and and third north america and, and there's actually a team we played in indianapolis there our last game of the year that ended up uh, beating us on a walk-off the midland redskins they're that number two and and it's pretty cool to be recognized at that level, and it's uh, yeah, it's definitely an honor. What's been so special about that 18U group that you had this year? I mean, I, I believe our, our 18U group has been, has been pretty talented and pretty special for the, the past few years here. Um, but it, it was just a good group of kids. It was, it was fun, and, and obviously, this is our, our full time uh, job. But we, you know, they didn't make it feel like work. Every time we come to the yard, they're they're laughing and smiling and. And they really wanted to not only get better individually, but get better as a group. So we, we were always finding different ways to challenge them. And um, they really, really became a family for them. So you know, it definitely the most rewarding part is just seeing the kids, you know, obviously develop on, on the baseball field, but off the field as young men and, and come together as, as one cohesive unit. It's one thing to come up. Uh, it's one thing to come together as a cohesive unit. It's another to do what you guys did. I mean, a sixty and twelve record. We're talking four tournament wins. I mean, that that's nothing to sneeze at. No, it, it was great. I mean, I, I I stick to the same thing I tell all of our players, whether they're recruited and they come in, you know, grade ten, eleven, or twelve, or, or they're starting the program from the grassroots level at you know, eleven or twelve or thirteen years old. Is you know, this this program will supply you with everything you need. Um, we believe underneath the sky, every resource available to you to get you to be the best baseball player you can be. But, um, you know, if, if we're becoming better young men and, and better people, so, you know, one day we can turn into a better husband and father, or, you know, we can look back and say, what kind of teammate was I? That's, that's what's really important to us. So I think, you know, we really believe that, that good kids create good men and, and, and good men create good teams and good teams create good programs. And, and you kind of saw that reflected this year. But, yeah, uh, specifically on the year with that with the 18U black team, really special. I mean, we played six tournaments, 
uh, won four of them, and the other two we ended up, uh, you know, losing in the, in the semis in a 112 team tournament, and, and losing in the finals and um, and another. So no, it was it was a it was a lot to to be proud of, and the kids put in a lot of work. Um, we we work very very hard for for what we get, and with the 6 a.m. weights all year, and, and uh, you know these guys are practicing anywhere from six to nine times a week with early work before school and then after school and. Um, yeah, they put in a lot of work, so they, I, I think they definitely deserve it. Not only were they putting in the work, but they were also pretty familiar with each other, a lot of them, because I assume quite a few of them uh, grew up through the program, through the younger grades as well. Absolutely. We've had uh, you know a, a lot of success with our with our 13U and 15U age groups, um, and, and that's kind of the, the point, too, is that this isn't just about one select group. This is uh, you know, about the whole academy as, as a family, as a, as a, as a team. Uh, we have seven teams in the program, uh, 13U, 14U, 215U, a 16U, and then the 218Us. And we've seen a lot of success with um, developing the players at the younger levels um, and, and, you know, a lot of team success at the 13U and 15U age level as well, even reflective of this year um our, our 15u team went 35 and 0 in, in alberta and ended up going to national and provincials and going to nationals and our, our peewee team was the number one ranked team going into provincials so you know kind of all the way up it was it was a really successful year and and hopefully lots more success to come but yeah it was it was, it was a lot of fun for sure it's got to be really impressive to watch some of these kids come together and it's one thing to grow up together because they came you know through the calgary system or whatever but these kids are coming from all over the countryside to uh train with you guys and and are really kind of becoming the cream of the crop yeah for sure um you know our our goal just isn't definitely just to be the number one select program or select team it's it's to, to combine the number one select team with you know trying to get the best players we can but also number one development program so you know, we we really love our, our local talent we get from the, you know, Okotoks and surrounding area here. Um, and we're able to supplement it with, you know, some of the top players across the country. So, yeah, it, it, is, it is a lot of fun. We had four players from Mexico last year. We've had players from New Zealand and, and Dubai and, and China. And, um, you know, to get all those cultures together and then put them all in one room, it's, it's a lot of fun for the guys. And, um, you know, it, it really meshes well, so. Was there a point before the season or during the season for the 18U group in particular where you went, these guys have something special going for them, or did you know even going into this year that things were going to be pretty good for them? Um, I mean, we're pretty physical. We're a pretty physical group, and, and you could tell when they walked through the door. We had, we had uh, seven players on the international team the year before, and we had six on this, on the, on, that had gone on a trip or or been on there in some capacity this year. And, you know, we had a lot of team speed and positionally we were, we were quite physical. So I, I thought we had a pretty good chance. I, I was a little bit curious and um, I didn't want to put the, the carriage in front of the horse, so to speak, um, with what we were going to do on the mound. But we had, you know, really, really good development throughout the winter. And, and we had some guys really step up for us. And, you know, obviously we're lucky enough to have three professional pitching coaches here um, with, with Lou Pote. Um, with the World Series ring there with Anaheim in, in 2002, and, and Jeff um, pitched professionally for um, six years, and then Joe was a, a left-handed pitcher in, in the Marlins system for for some years there as well. So you know, I, I think a lot of credit has to go to them with just the unbelievable job they did. I don't think we had necessarily the same athletes we did on, on positionally, but um, by the end of the year, you know, that was that was the strength of our team. So. Um, it kind of it kind of started off well, and we we really looked at the group and we said this is this could be a really special team. Um, 
and then you know the way the guys develop in the off season, um, you know, really put it all together. So you know, a lot of credit to the staff and, and the players are putting all the hard work. Any individual players stand out to you uh, as you watch this team do what it did? I mean, you know, top to bottom, I, I think I'd be you know cheating cheating some of the players, or like the whole team, I guess, if I picked out one or two. But, you know, just some names that come to mind. I mean, the two Oregon State commits with Mike McDowell and Cesar Valero. Um, Cesar's been in our program since he was 13 years old. To see him graduate was pretty special. Um, you know, the Ricardo Sanchez kid from, from Mexico is pretty special. Plays in the middle of the infield for us and hit, you know, two or three. Um, Matt Wilkinson is, was a really special arm for us. But really, everybody, top to bottom, I mean, there was, uh, you know, a player on our team last year that played at every single level, or every single team in our program. He played at the 13U Pee Wee level and um, went to to the Bantam Red, the basically essentially the 14U team, and then um, Bantam Black uh, went up to the 16U team and then played uh, on our on our 18U Red team and then played on our 18U Black team, Ryan McFarlane. So it was pretty cool, you know. You see the select players come in, but you also see the the full scale development of the program come full circle and, and you see this kid grow up from when he's you know 12 13 years old is is really rewarding as well and he had a he had a great great year for us but you know top to bottom I, I don't think there's anybody that I would point out and had a bad year I think they all contributed um, substantially to the team's success so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the question about the uh, t12 tournament coming up and you have a bunch of players that are going to be taking part in that uh, what are you looking forward to when you see these kids making their way and, and trying to prove themselves on a big stage like that? Well, I mean, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's really cool. The fact that they get to go play at, at the Rogers Center and they get to play for some, some great coaches and hear some different voices for a week and, and seen by some professional scouts and some college coaches. Um, just what an opportunity. The cool thing, too, is that they get to get mixed up on some different teams. In, in years past, it's been you know separated either, either BC or Alberta or the prairies or whatever it may be. Um, you're kind of playing with the same kids that you go to Canada Cup with or you've been on, you know, your travel teams with, but they kind of get to be separated all into different groups and meet some different kids and um, kind of hear their stories. So, I, I, I mean, we got 15 kids going. We've had the most selections in the country um, since the tournament started and, and you know, we're really proud of our guys to get to go. Um, we also caution the kids that, that weren't selected to go. Um, that it, it's not the end of the journey. It's not the end of the road by any means. It's just that it wasn't meant to be for this trip. And, you know, there's plenty of good baseball has them with, with their seasons coming up here in the academy and then, you know, off to college or, or, you know, professional baseball. So, you know, it's a great opportunity and, and, you know, we're excited for the kids to get to go and the kids that don't, we get to, uh, you know, continue their development and, and uh, provide a, a future for them as well. So what's usually the main message that you send to those who are going to Toronto? Uh, it, it's the same game, it, you know, 60 feet, six inches, um, for the mountain home plate. It's, it's 90 foot base pass. You played against a lot of the kids before it, it, the game is not going to change. So, uh, you know, obviously you're playing in front of, you know, some, some professional scouts and you're playing against, um, you know, theoretically the, some of the best players in the country. Um, you know, it Roger center can be a little intimidating. Just go out there and play, have fun. I think, I think you're going to really regret it. If, if one, you don't leave it all out on the field and, and you're kind of tentative, and two, you don't really take a second to look back and say, well, I'm you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, and I get to play at Rogers Center. That's, that's a really cool thing that I should really sit back and enjoy. So enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, and, and realize it's the same game. You're just going out there to, to play in a different venue and, and, and enjoy it. So. so building on what you achieved in 2019, how do you go above that in 2020? What's on your radar? 
Well, we got some exciting announcements to to uh, you know bring up. I, I think you know facilities wise, there's a uh, brand new hospitality center going down the left field corner, kind of wraps around the left field foul pole. Um, it's built right on top of a brand new visitors clubhouse, and that's primarily used for our, our WCBL uh, opponents, so they can have a full service washroom and clubhouse, everything there. But on top of that, there's uh, um, concessions, um, bathrooms, and then there's going to be a, basically a two tier patio that overlooks the, the Wrigley Field or Fenway Park kind of feel yeah. right over left field. So that's going to be you know really exciting and. You know, everything, barring any mistakes or anything like that, shovels should be in the ground in, in the coming days, and, and we're hoping that's ready before the season starts in 2020. Um, I guess for the academy-wise, we're, we're really excited to, to announce the first year we've done a, a college trip down the West Coast. So um, it's 14 days. We're bringing a tutor on the road with us so that the kids are going to have class time, um, you know, in the hotel room or whatever it may be to make sure they're caught up on their school. But we're, we start off in, in Spokane playing um, Gonzaga, and then we go to uh, play University of Washington, Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, we play Lynn Benton um, Community College, who the head coach there is, is Andy Peterson, the coach on our college team here. Um, get to go play, um, you know, Sacramento State, San Jose State, St. Mary's, and, and UC Santa Barbara, Cal State Bakersfield. So it, it is a it's a really cool trip where our guys are not only get to be able to see what you know Division One campus looks like and see what it looks to play at that level. Um, get exposed to that level of coaches, but you know we're hoping when they come back and play in, in the spring against high school competition or whatever it may be that they, they've seen you know a little bit faster game against older players. So we're hoping the game will slow down for them and and you know give them an opportunity to to get exposed to that level. So no, it's it's really exciting and you know obviously we hope to have another strong year. We think we have a really good group here, um, ready for another year. But you know a lot of things to look forward to that we're uh, you know we're excited to announce. What's been the most gratifying part of watching the program succeed as much as it has, especially this year, but even in, you know, since you were a part of the program way back when? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, uh, it's all I really know, right? It's almost like, we call it like a little cult around here, mm-hmm. but it is, it's, it's fun. <laughs> um, and the fact that I, I started the program in, in 2007 as a player when it was essentially, you know, a branch off of that original Calgary Dogs group. Um, that paved the way for us. And it was a, a travel team with the collegiate summer team. And then um, with this beautiful facility, we didn't really know what it would turn into with into the community and, and the impact it would have here. But um, then, you know, John or Candy and, and uh, you know, a group of very generous people donated the money to get the facilities with the indoor, then term line was built and Conrad for, to, for the younger teams, for the Bantam teams. And it just kind of grew from there. And we didn't, we kind of had to all piece it together, but I think, the number one thing that I'd be most proud of to kind of is just to see where it was and, and to see where it's been. Um, and, and obviously the direction that we're going, I think it is trending in the right, the right way. And I'm just, you know, thankful to be a part of it. So, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the present's really, really bright, but I, I think the future, you know, with the, some, some upgrades coming to the facility and um, our, our staff uh, is, is like a family here. So, um, you know, everything it's been, I, I wouldn't even know how to begin to answer that question. I'm just really proud of the program and, and all the work the guys are putting around here. So, Tyler, congratulations on all the accolades that uh, Dogs Academy has received. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. 
Shifting gears now and the annual Tournament 12 in Toronto is now underway. The showcase, hosted by Blue Jays Academy, features 150 of the country's best high school players. In past years, T12 has been a regional affair, but this year they decided to throw all the players and coaches into a blender and now it's six teams all deciphered by color of shirt. There is plenty of Alberta talent to be seen with no less than 13 players and five coaches hailing from our province. If you head to albertadugoutstories.com, we've been highlighting them in our seventh inning stretch profiles. We decided to chat with a couple of them for this podcast and we'll start things off with Edmonton-born pitcher Andrew Yusupchuk. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. What are your expectations of yourself going into T12? Just to be able to um, build off what I did last year and be a little bit less nervous, so to perform how I kind of want myself to, to hit my, like, Devo goals, and then obviously just strike, strike out some batters, get guys out. When you look at last year, what did you learn about yourself? Um, probably that I can compete with a lot of the top guys, but that is still also a long ways away from the very top. So got to keep working. What was the biggest learning curve that you came across as you went through each of the different motions uh, in last year's D12? Probably the velocity part of it that... Like, once you get up to a certain, uh, however good guys are, they can hit any velocity. So, like, you can't just beat people with velocity like you can in your local leagues. So, you learn a lot about sort of location and and changing things up a little bit, perspective, all that kind of stuff from, from the, the coaches that you guys had at T12 last year as well? Yeah. No, yeah, you have to be able to change your spots, change your pitches, or else you're not going to be able to have success. What kinds of things do you think you improved on going into your second go-around? Definitely my off-speed. My change-up has improved a lot. And probably my control, too. It's become a lot better than last year, where it was. Kind of a different format this year as well, because last year it was the Alberta team, and this year you're scattered all across. Is this something different for you? Do you mind it at all? Do you like being, you know, the Alberta rep or do you like mixing it up a bit? Um, I like last year. Like I love playing with Alberta guys against other provinces, but it's nice to be able to play with guys from like other provinces that you don't know and you get to meet and see new things and change it up. So I like it. Talk a little bit about what you hope to take away now from uh, everything that you go through with T12. Um, I hope to just be able to, I mean, get myself out there to all the scouts and the colleges and just to learn how to, like, how to get better every day. You're an Edmonton kid playing kind of almost in, uh, in enemy territory almost with Dogs Academy now. How's yeah. that transition been for you? It's been good. A lot of new stuff, but it's been good. The guys have been really good at getting to know me and it's been fun. You've sure racked up the frequent flyer miles over the years playing baseball, but let's go back to the very beginning here. I love asking how it is you got into baseball in the first place, given that we are in a hockey-slash-football-dominated province. Um, Just when I was young, kind of my friends and my dad just wanted me to go into baseball, so I just kind of did. I never really played a lot. Like most, A lot of people played soccer when they were young, but I never really was into that, and it's 
So my dad and my friends just kind of pulled me into baseball. What got you into pitching? Definitely my dad. He he was a catcher, so I used to always pitch to him when I was like pretty young. Who would you say you shape your game around, if anybody at all? Um, I don't know if it's just one person. I kind of take points from everyone I watch, and every time I look at MLB pitchers, college pitchers, whatever, I just kind of try and take points that I like and add them to my game. What would you say is the biggest or best piece of advice you've ever received baseball-wise? Um, probably just to, like, just be myself. Because, like, when I try and impress others and stuff, stuff just hits the fan and I just don't do how I want to. But when I just relax and be myself, stuff goes good usually. Still a lot to come out of you. You're still a young man. Do you have major aspirations? Is it getting to the show? Is it getting to the college ranks? What would you say you have as a goal in the in the near term and the long term? My goal is kind of always to just been able to play college baseball. So whether it's go junior college first or go in the NCAA, I just want to be able to play college baseball somewhere. Andrew, you're well on the path, doing very well for yourself. Congratulations on all you've accomplished. Congrats on getting over to T12 and uh, all the best going forward. Thank you very much. And while he might not be from Alberta, he's proof that this province has become a beacon for high-quality baseball training and coaching. Just like previous podcast guests Ryan Humaniak and Josh Bergman, Matt Wilkinson decided to move away from his home province to try and further his baseball career here. The BC native has been a workhorse for Dogs Academy and even found himself on the hill for the College League Dogs this summer. Matt, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, sounds good. I'm excited. Hey, let's talk about T12 first off. And this isn't your first kick at the can. You're looking to uh, have a little bit of a bounce back. Let's talk about last year in particular. Uh, what happened when you went down there? Uh, well, I rushed myself back from a knee injury. Uh, I sprained my knee about two weeks before I uh, went to T12, and uh, you could tell I was still injured. just didn't put on the best show I could. Uh, hopefully I can redemp- have a little bit of redemption this year. For sure. What kinds of things did you learn over the course of this year to really prep yourself for this year? Oh, I, I just I learned how to become like a pitcher this year. I feel like when I was younger, I was a thrower not a pitcher. This year I've learned how to work all four of my pitches in and uh, just it's helped me a lot, like a lot this past year and I'm uh, happy for it. You guys had a ton of success with Dogs Academy. Walk us through this year and what was really key for uh, all of those wins and especially at the tournament level? Uh, it, was, it was good. I felt like we were all brothers and that's what, that, that's what helps uh, to make a good team. And we had all the right the right tools for a good team, and that helped out a lot, too. And obviously, you guys have a, a lot of you going to T12 as well. Talk about being able to go with uh, some of those brothers. Uh, it's a good feeling. It's, uh, it's good knowing that you're able to practice with and play with so many great players and just pushes yourself to be better. Do you have any personal expectations of yourself going into T12? Uh Kind of like the same thing I do every time I step on the mound with a dog uniform on. Just be myself and do what I can do. Speaking of being yourself, you actually got in a few games with the WCBL 
Scouts uh, dogs as well. Talk about that experience and what it was like uh, putting on the uniform at Seaman Stadium like that. Uh, it, it was a great experience. It was, uh, playing in front of that many fans that care for the team is like the best fans in Canada for baseball, which is which is awesome and good thing I pitched well, but it was it was such a good great experience for me as a young player. Is it different for somebody such as yourself? You're not from here. You're a Ladner BC boy, if memory serves me correct. What yeah. prompted you to come out here first off? And what's the transition been like being a young man uh, coming to a new province like you have? Uh, it, it was a tough transition at the start, but uh, uh, it was probably one of the better moves I've made. Um, well, my, my friend Alejandro Cazola. Uh, we grew up together in White Rock, and he decided to make the move in September of his grade 10 year. And he had nothing but good things to say, and the pitching coach was good. So the January semester two, I decided to move out to Okotoks and just keep my baseball career going on here. You've been doing really well for yourself to the point that even coaches and others are singling you out as somebody who's got a, a pretty bright future uh, in the sport. Who do you credit for uh, being able to uh, help you along this path? Uh, I got to say my dad. My dad helped me out a lot. Uh, he pushed me to be better and uh, just never really uh, be happy with what you have. Always got to work for the next level, and I can't thank him enough for that. I always love asking this question of young athletes, but especially here in Canada, everybody talks hockey and sometimes football. What is it that drew you to the sport of baseball? Uh, it's always been in my family. But my dad, my family's never really played hockey, which is surprising in Canada, I guess you could say. But <laughs> uh, he, yeah, my dad grew up, he played on the national team. He was a pitcher as well. So I guess it just runs in the family and hopefully i can get to the national team sometime this year very cool did uh he have any good words of advice for you or any ones that really stuck out in your mind still to this day just always i go by the saying that just prove them wrong just there's always going to be someone doubting you and just just have in your mind that you're the best and just prove them wrong show them what you can do you've shown them what you can do what's been the highlight so far when you've shown them what you can do probably when i was 12 the legal season and since then was my first start with the WCBL. Uh, when I pitched against Fort Mac, the seven innings, that just showed that I'm ready to play at that level and excited for it. Have you set any goals for yourself, short or long term? Uh, well, hopefully, I got a, I got a lot of stuff to work on this off season, but just hopefully go to college, Central Arizona, do that stuff, but then hopefully be able to get drafted sometime. Fantastic stuff, Matt. Well, congratulations on being named 2T12. Congratulations on all the accolades you've received as well over the course uh, of the last year and continued success. Thank you. That'll do it for this edition of the podcast. We want to thank Tyler, Andrew, and Matt for joining us. We also want to thank you for all of your support and downloads. Don't forget you can tune in now on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you could do us a favor, we'd appreciate a rating and review if you're enjoying the podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening.